Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Logic, political talk, part of the growing conservative conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. So check that out. Later on in the show, we will find out more and hear more about the Patriot Journalist Network. Now, tonight on our special Friday edition of Bard's Logic Political Talk, we have a special guest, Matt Bevan, on. Uh, we've had him on a couple times before. We are excited to have him on again as he won the GOP primary for governor in the state of Kentucky. Uh, so we're going to hear from him soon. So let's go ahead, and I think I see him on the line. So thank you very much, Matt, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. Great to be on with you. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming back to the show. Uh, we appreciate it. We're excited about it. And, of course, yes, congratulations on uh, your recent victory in the uh, primary. I appreciate it. You know, it was interesting for those who may have noted it, uh, paid attention, maybe your listeners in Kentucky and even those beyond. The thing that was perhaps most noteworthy about it is how close it was. It was a four-person race, four qualified candidates in many respects. Uh, really, there was not one who was not far better than the Democrat alternative and so it was hotly contested and it came down to 83 votes out of hundreds of thousands that were cast i managed to win the nomination by 83 votes and there was a re-canvas and that held up but what's beautiful about that is that it has reaffirmed in people an understanding of and an appreciation for the fact that every vote matters and there are a lot of folks Mm -hmm. who didn't even bother to vote that were talking about this for days afterwards And to me, that's a good thing. It's healthy. It's good for the entire electoral process. Yeah, that's that's awesome to see. That's definitely a point uh, that we made the other night uh, when we were first talking about, you know, your victory and and how it came by that many votes. 
And uh, so I'm going to get right to uh, some of the interview questions because I know we uh, have uh, just, you know, some time with it this evening. And first, uh, the Democrats and their supporters are already using what McConnell said about you when he was your opponent against you in their ads. Uh, what is your strategy to counteract those? I mean, they were untrue then. They're untrue now. I, I don't worry about it too terribly much. They're using that because they don't have anything to do uh, of a positive nature for themselves. They've got no plan. They have no vision. They literally have not laid out any agenda or any plan. They simply want to win. They don't know what they're going to do once they get there. I imagine they probably have ideas that they're not good for the taxpayer. But the fact is all they've got is to try to dust off other people's lies and reuse them. I don't worry about it. I'm executing my game plan. I'm executing on taking people's attention to my website, which is just mattbevin.com. I'd encourage your listeners to check it out. I've got what I call a blueprint for a better Kentucky. Straightforward. It's simple. Seven key tenets to that. It's all about job creation, about broadening the economic platform. And the seven things seem very disparate. They include education. They include health care. They include taxes. They include labor law. They include the size and scope of government. They include the question of the sovereignty of states. They include a lot of things that seemingly are unrelated, but every one of them is related to how are we going to make Kentucky a stronger place for job creation. That's my focus. That's how I'm going to win this race. And it may be the same answer to this uh, next question, but I want to bring it out before I bring Dan on. Um, and as I was reading an article of the River City News in Northern Kentucky, uh, the May 28th article uh, by Ken Recton, and he advised, his advice to Jack Conway is don't give up, if any of this is a quote from him, don't give up if any of the Republican candidates can be described as an extremist. Matt Bevin is one. Begin your campaign now. Matt Bevin kicked off his campaign last Tuesday evening. Study that speech and redefine Matt Bevin before he can redefine himself, or he can define himself, especially uh, don't give up on Northern Kentucky. What would your response be to this, and how would you keep them from redefining you and your campaign? Again, I mean, if they, the fellow who's writing that is the most liberal Democrat, I, it, it's gracious of him to offer advice. Um, on this race the bottom line is that's how do you keep them from redefining yourself you know define who you are I mean this is what I've done this is what I'm going to continue to do I think you know he can make whatever claims he wants but my job is to just continue to prove to people that the opposite is the is the case And, and we've done that I mean even today I met with a group of people that he was invited to meet with he sent his lieutenant governor uh, candidate because he, he wasn't capable of handling this group. He didn't have the qualifications or the knowledge. It was people just discussing transportation issues in the state of Kentucky. He doesn't know enough about any of the issues. All he knows is that he wants to be governor, and so he's going to attack. He's going to make it all personal. He's going to act like an eighth grader, and I'm going to continue to execute and talk about how we're going to create jobs in the state of Kentucky. And And I say this as a job creator. I literally have created more jobs in the month of June so far than Jack Conway has created in his entire life. And so my job will be to make that case. And I think it will speak for itself in the end. I really do. One of the big questions, uh, especially stemming from the uh, campaign uh, versus McConnell is uh, both McConnell and Paul said that they support you. 
Uh, however, so far as I know, they've not campaigned with you. Is there anything in the future where they're going to uh, be campaigning with you? And if that doesn't happen, do you see that as a detriment to your campaign? I mean, for crying out loud, in all fairness to them, give them a break. It's been, it's been a week, and uh, and they've been a little busy in case folks haven't been paying attention <laughs> in relation to the right. Patriot Act and other things. They, they're, they are U.S. senators. That's their focus. That's their job. Their job is not to campaign for me. I've had good conversations with both of them. They've been supportive. Their people have been supportive. Their staffs have been supportive. I think that will continue to be the case. I do anticipate they'll be involved, but that'll be to whatever degree they have the time, and I'll be grateful for whatever they offer. Okay. Then, as I said, of course, as you know, that's definitely that's uh, a big question that's been out there uh, for people. A lot of people mumbling about that. Uh, so I want to give the, the opportunity for you to uh, make yeah, I'll tell you honestly, it. it's it, it's baloney. The media loves it, the press loves it, but I have never had. It's never been personal to me. I'd like to imagine that as the Senate Majority Leader, although he and I disagree on certain things ideologically, as was discussed when we ran against each other, truth be told, he's got to have better things on his plate to worry about than personal issues with me. I don't think he has them. I know he's not expressed any to me when we've spoken and vice versa. It's a non-issue. I'm telling you, it's just a non-issue. I do expect that they'll continue to be supportive, as as I would expect, and uh, and I think it'll be good. And I and I and again, I look forward to it. If anyone has not seen it, I would encourage them to check out. I made a little video that I showed at the State Lincoln Day dinner that was last week, where I spoke to the assembled Republican masses here in Kentucky, and uh, I showed a little video just to really make light of this whole supposed contention between <laughs> the two of us. And if you've not seen it, I encourage people, go to Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O. Just put into Google, put Vimeo, happy together, and then you'll see a picture of me and click on that. And uh, it's just a two-and-a-half-minute tongue-in-cheek kind of video. But it's to make basically put this whole discussion in its proper place in the rearview mirror. There you go. That's definitely a good place uh, to put it. I agree. And so at this point in time, I'm going to go ahead and bring uh, our panelist Dan on. And then we have, uh, we have one of the coordinators or the corner of the Kentucky Overpasses uh, for America who uh, is looking to, you know, reach out to yourself and your campaign and see if there's anything that they can do uh, to help you there. Um, Great. So we have him on as well. And so first we'll bring in Dan and then Joseph. I see you uh, out there uh, from Overpasses for America, the chapter in Kentucky. We'll bring you on. As well, and I see there's uh, some other folks, but first let's go ahead and bring in Dan. Thank you very much, Dan, for coming to the show. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate it. And Mr. Bevan, Mr. Bevan, you crazy right winger, you. I am so pleased that there are a lot of people who seem to want crazy right wingers running for office in uh, the state of Kentucky. That McConnell video had me rolling. Uh, that happy together people. If you can't find it on Vimeo, you'll find it on my Facebook page. It's it's awesome. Um, tongue-in-cheek, I mean, yeah, well, you're putting something up uh, cheek all right. And I, I think that it, rather than putting it in the rearview mirror, that's a reflection on Mitch. I mean, And you did that with such grace and, and good humor. I appreciate it. You're yeah, welcome. You, you talked about, yeah, you talked about uh, the small number of votes that it took to, to get you in. We just won a vote here in, in not, recent, not long ago in my township uh, for, by one vote. One vote. Wow. You're right. Awesome. That's all it takes. And 
when you talk about how to make Kentucky stronger, how to make it freer, how to create jobs and make it more prosperous, well, the, the simple solution is allow the people to lead, and that means the next governor of Kentucky, which I am praying is you, has to simply follow the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the great state of Kentucky and let the people solve the problems because they can do it. They've done it before. I'm a big believer, as it sounds you are as well, that government governs best that governs least. I didn't coin that phrase. I'm a big believer in it. The Constitution is pretty clear. It says those powers in the Tenth Amendment. It says that those powers not enumerated to the federal government are the responsibility of the states and of the people. Your exact point, and I agree completely. What do you think about the idea of limit? Another governor just did this who's already a sitting governor, um, but he's limiting um, welfare, not him. His legislature yeah. passed a law to uh, Is one this year. in Maine? Is this Governor LePage? That's right. Yeah, one no, year of welfare. I'm well aware of it. I've supported Governor LePage for years since he first ran for office when he was a crazy guy that nobody thought had a chance, and now he's just begun his second term. I've I've helped him. I help people around the country that I think are are cut from the right cloth. And, and uh, again, I, I, I'll look at that more. I'm, I'm obviously familiar with it. I'm, I know I'm not asking first. you to make a commitment while you're a candidate. And no, but I mean, the bottom like line that. is yeah. these are the kind of things that need to be done. We need to be smart. We need to be intentional. I've already made very clear there will be far fewer people on Medicaid in the state of Kentucky when I'm governor. We have over 25%. It's 25% and growing the percentage of people on Medicaid in the state. Unbelievable. Holy Cloward and Piven. Yeah, one out of four and growing. And our governor thinks it's a good thing. He keeps trying to tell us that it's a moneymaker. And so my argument was, if you're correct, using your same logic, why don't we just put everybody on Medicaid? Think about the jobs. Think about the money. I mean, it's nonsense. I'm sure he'd love to. He he might, but he's leaving, thankfully, and uh, and none too soon. Well, I, I've got it. I know Joseph wants to get in here, uh, and your time is brief, uh, folks. If you can support. A person who is just like you, only maybe more so, because uh, Matt Bevan is thankfully larger than life, and that's what we need in leaders. Uh, I urge you to make quick contributions you can, the time, the money, of for, um, we're going to have somebody from overpasses. Boy, can they be effective. But Matt Bevan is the, is the real deal, folks. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's very gracious of you. And again, I would welcome it and be grateful for it. I mean, you can learn more. If you want to just know more before you get behind us, you can go to mattbevin.com, M-A-T-T-B-E-V-I-N.com. But truth be told, if you are able to support us financially, it's huge. Five bucks, 10 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. The max you can give is a thousand bucks for those that would have that capacity. But frankly, it's the small dollars that add up and it's wind in our sails. And I'd be grateful. Thank you. So let's go ahead and bring Joseph from Overpasses for America on, and then I see Kelly as well. Uh, so go ahead, Joseph. Uh, how are you? And uh, here's Matt. All right. Well, hello, guys. Good to talk to you, Mr. Bevan. I've met you before in person at a Shepherd Show. We have met. Show. Yeah. Yes, Bullock sir, County. we have. Wasn't it in Bullock yes. County? Yeah, I remember that. Absolutely. Good to hear from you. Uh, good to hear from you, too. Uh, as far as supporting you goes, Overpasses supports you, and I personally believe in what you're doing, and anything I can do to help out or Kentucky Overpasses can do to help out, all you need to do is let me know. I'd be grateful if I could ask a favor of you and, frankly, other listeners as well that would be interested. 
If you could reach okay. out to us just at mattbevin.com, it's just M-A-T-T-B-E-V-I-N.com, just send a little note. Uh, you can send it to matt at mattbevin.com if you want, or just contact us by clicking the volunteer button. Just shoot us your information and what you have the time and willingness and ability to do with yourself and your group and let us know. I'd be grateful, and we'll make sure that we get that tied in. Okay. Well, I do need to ask you a question about that. Please. All righty. I've kind of been playing phone and email tag with whoever does your campaign here in Louisville. I've been trying to get some Matt Bevan signs for a Sunday protest at Breckenridge and uh, I-64 overpass. We're going to be there from 1 to 4 this Sunday for a flag wave. And I would okay. like to have a couple of your signs, one for each direction on Breckenridge Lane. And would you want a 4 by 8 I'm guessing? Uh, believe it or not, probably maybe 24 by 24 would be better if I could do that. <laughs> I can't have things too awfully big as, you know, I can't have it blocking anybody's view or anything with the traffic. Gotcha. So. gotcha. Well, at the very least, we've got some. We've got a number of smaller ones. We can get you hooked okay. up with that. Um, again, just well, I'm more than willing um, to come pick them up. That's not a problem. Yeah, we've got some at the office in Middletown, uh, which you probably okay. know where that is, east of Global. So um, we can we can make that happen. Um, okay. Just again, reach out, reach out. Do me a favor, send a note to um, to. Uh, just send a note to Matt at MattBevin.com. That'll be seen by several people, okay. and we'll we'll get you hooked up. Okay, and my name's Joseph Springer, and I'm the administrator for Overpasses for Kentucky, and I schedule events for the Louisville and surrounding areas. Terrific, and I'm telling you, they're powerful. I've seen them. Uh, I've been a part of them, not yours, the one that you've coordinated, but these are effective. People see them. People note them. People talk about them. And I'm grateful. I appreciate your involvement. It makes a big difference. I, I think it makes a difference also. Anybody we can inform, we try our very best. And I do believe it makes a difference, and I do believe we need to take our government back in a way that's peaceful versus other ways that may happen in the future that aren't. So, Understood. And agree. <laughs> anyway, just let, uh, let's go you, ahead sir. and uh, bring our other panelists here, Kelly, in. Uh, to the call. Uh, Kelly, thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, and congratulations, Mr. Bevins. Thank you, Kelly. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> want to try to hook you up with possibly some precinct strategy people, you know, the old-fashioned way, where precinct leaders go and kind of knock on doors. Uh, exactly, all testament. the crazy ideas. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> yeah, the old-fashioned way. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Honestly, part of how we won by 83 votes, we did, I I, I know for a fact, we out-grassrooted the other people. We knocked on thousands, thousands and thousands of doors and uh, tens of thousands, ultimately, and phone calls. I mean, we what we did over the months uh, that, that preceded the, the election date, uh, was phenomenal with a lot of energy and a lot of young people and just it was it was excellent. So I agree with you. I think it worked well and we'll be doing more of it. Yeah, well, you got a national organization going on a precinct strategy, so we can get a hold of some people to support you. Um, another thing I wanted to throw out to you, um, hopefully this could add five points when you do radio TV ads. Um, I'd like to hook up with your speechwriter or your campaign manager on this. It's we're calling it uh, the Keep Kentucky Honest pitch. I won't go into more details right now, but I think we might be able to help you get maybe five points 
uh, difference because I've never seen another politician do this before. And there's some practical <laughs> hands-on things. And Tell you Dan what, again, and I send us the ideas yeah, that you have. Ahead, I would again encourage you send them to Matt at Matt Bevan, but then also copy. Um, let's see who would be a good person to put on that too. Copy just copy Ben Bevan.com B E N at Matt Bevan.com. Send it to Matt M A T T at Matt Bevan.com and Ben at Matt Bevan.com. Send us your ideas, your point of contact, uh, your number, et cetera, how you'd want us to reach you and and uh we'll get that done. And and I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Oh great. Yeah, it's a team effort, Dan and and uh Robert and I are working on it. We'll get it to you. Thank you. I look forward to it. Any other questions, guys? Anything else I can address for any of you? I do have to hop here in a bit. I've got a uh, a bunch of things I've got to get done tonight, and then I'm up at the crack of dawn and at it again. Um, but well, I, I do want to address things that, that you'd like to address for yourselves and your listeners. I, I've got one question, and I'm not sure if you want to go on the record with this one or if you have formulated a plan. Um, unlike Bill Clinton, for many decades, I rarely exhaled. Now, it's been many years since I was, because I'm old now, uh, since I smoked, and I don't think it's a good idea for me, and uh, whatever. Um, in Pennsylvania, we're having a fight about medical marijuana. This is for sick people. In Colorado, they've legalized it. doesn't seem to be going really well. But every state is a laboratory of democracy. Every state has the right to make their own way. And I know that Kentucky has a gigantic underground economy because of the excellent growing limestone soil and everything. And an awful lot of American marijuana comes from Kentucky. Um, have you any thoughts on what might be a good way for Kentucky to move uh, towards more freedom, but also not craziness and not uh, um, lawlessness, or, or we don't want children involved or people driving on this stuff? Any ideas at all? I mean, it's, that was a specific question. Am I am I a proponent of the legalization of marijuana? Is that what you're asking me? Um, I'm asking uh, an open-ended question, but that's a good one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the answer to that is, is no as it relates to Kentucky. I don't think that's a good idea. I've also been very clear and on the record that as it relates to medicinal marijuana, if such legislation was passed, I would be very happy to, to sign that into law. There is tremendous <laughs> benefit that comes from uh, derivations of THC and cannabis, specifically the oils, and even de- uh, benefits that come uh, from the smoking of it itself in a variety of other ways in which it can be uh, consumed for medical purposes. That's, that's well documented. I think if regulated as we do other uh, pharmaceutical drugs and other uh, drugs that have to be prescribed, I would be a proponent of it. Uh, not a problem at all, but as it relates to the legalization of the recreational use of marijuana, not a fan of it. I think that it comes with more downside than upside. I think we're seeing that play out literally in Colorado and other places like that, even as we speak. So uh, that's where my stand is as it relates to cannabis. And at this time, well, real quick, well I've got Joseph Maggie from New York. Dan, I mean, I want to get this out. I want to, I told Joe, uh, he's from New York. He works on campaigns and things, too, so I want to make sure I can get Joe okay. on. He's actually calling from a, a subway. He's saying what the area to get him in. Uh, Joe, go ahead, because we've only got uh, better for a few more minutes. Go ahead, Joseph. Uh, sure. Uh, once again, uh, I'd like to uh, apologize for uh, not um, being able to make it on time traffic. But, uh, no worries. Not better, uh, say, 
I think we're losing you a little bit. Yeah, I think he's on. A, I think he's calling from the subway <laughs> uh, there in New York. I think his train left the station, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, uh, Joe. I mean, Joseph, if we could get you back in in a little bit, that'd be great. But uh, kind of piggybacking on there, I'm a big uh, you know, supporter in uh, legalizing industrialized hemp because, uh, through my understanding, right now that cannot even be uh, grown anywhere uh, in the United States. And so, what, what's your no, thoughts that's not on? No, the case. We are actually that. growing it. We're we're growing it now in Kentucky, and I and and uh, I think we should. Oh, do great. That. I'm a big. I'm a big supporter of industrialized hemp. I think that is a product as well that is uh, very uh, conducive to being grown in Kentucky uh, for some of the reasons that were noted a moment ago. Uh, we are doing it now. There are a number of hemp pilot projects that are in place, farms that are that are raising this crop right now. It is a good cash crop. It's one I think we should grow as mm-hmm. much of as the market will demand. Um, and so I've long been a supporter of that. Oh, that's well, that's great to hear because I, you know, because I believe that tobacco used to be, or maybe it still is, a a large cash crop for Kentucky. And I figured as less and less people start smoking over the next decades, perhaps that could be a crop that can, you know, kind of take over uh, at least as a cash crop uh, for tobacco. Absolutely. Welcome back, Joseph. Uh, Yellow the tunnel. <laughs> Yes, I am so sorry. I do apologize. It is New York and train traffic and the reception. Uh, Matt Bevan, first and foremost, uh, I want to say you are truly an inspiration uh, to me. Uh, You are the reason why I uh, have enjoyed campaigning since the age of 17 and why I love doing it is because you're welcome. I, I always believe that my way to serve my country my sense of purpose is by campaigning to get the right people in office with the hopes that once they're elected, they can implement true change. And this has always been an important foundation for me. And I believe that you truly embody true leadership. And you're definitely what we need in this country. Uh, but I want to ask you a very important question. Back in 2014, you were a newcomer. Uh, you didn't have any experience. Not many people knew your name in the beginning. But you sure gave Mitch McConnell a run for his uh, money. So now that you've gained name recognition and much well-deserved and earned, and you've been through two campaigns, and you successfully won the primary for the governor's race in Kentucky, my question to you is, based on your losses, what do you think are the most important things that you learned uh, from your uh, losses in which you can use that to make your for your governor's race in the general election so that you can successfully win the general election? It's a good question. I've been asked that uh, in various forms and fashions. And I'll tell you one thing, and this isn't quite the answer to your question, and I'll try to come back and hit it specifically. But I've learned that I love Kentucky and I love America even more than I did two years ago. And like yourself, um, and I'm grateful for your comments, I really am, and I appreciate the sincerity of them, this is a nation worth fighting for. Any sacrifice we make is a pale comparison to what those that preceded us have made in large measure. 
and it will be imperative that some of us give you know the, our lives, fortunes, and sacred honors to varying degrees. It's imperative. We will not have a better future if we're not willing to make sacrifice. And so I've learned, frankly, through the ups and the downs, through losing in that instance, that, frankly, the reason I didn't stay down and out was because America is worth it, and America is worth it to fight for. And that while it's always easy to want somebody to step forward and somebody to do the job and somebody to run and somebody to take point, sometimes the somebody is us. The somebody is always going to be somebody, and sometimes that somebody is us. And this is what I've learned, and this is why I came back. This is why I've put my hat in the arena. This is less a function of something that I want to do and more a function of something that I'm willing to do. And we need to have more men and women at every elected office level in our state and in our country that are willing to be true public servants, that are willing to lead, to sacrifice what is in their own personal best interest, to do what is best for their fellow man for a finite period of time, and to do it to the best of their ability with nothing in it for themselves but the knowledge that they are making a better path for the future just as those before us have done, and then to go back after that finite period of time to their farms and their fields, to their businesses, and to wherever it is from whence they come. This is what made America great, the citizen legislator. This is what we were intended to have. This is what we need to reinfuse within people, a belief that this is what makes us great, of and by and for the people, not of and by and for a handful that it is our government, it is not to be bought and sold by a handful who think they own it, treating the rest of us like the unwashed masses, but rather we can step up, and whether it's by one vote or by 83 votes or by whatever the margin happens to be, that it is in our power to have the ability to do what very few nations in the history of the world have ever done and even now very few can do, which is to have a power of the people, the governance, the self-governance, And so what have I learned? I've learned that I love America enough to keep fighting for America. I really, this is more than anything else. I've stuck to my knittings. I've got one thing I will say. For those that have paid attention to me from the first moment they heard me say anything on the political radar screen to this moment and continue to watch me as I move forward, you will not see my core principles waver. I'm 48 years old. I'm not a kid anymore. I know who I am. I'm a guy who grew up below the poverty level, but I've lived the American dream. I'm a former active-duty military officer. I'm a father of nine children. I know who I am. I know what, how privileged and how blessed I am to be an American, and I know what I'll fight for, and I know what will make me waver, and I know what won't make me waver. And the principles that I fight for, the principles that I fought for, and the principles that I'll fight for going forward, they're the same. And so I just I encourage those who are listening who have it within you to be the somebody, step up. Take, take, the, take the reins when it is your turn. Don't abdicate the responsibility to do what is in the best interest of your fellow man. God bless you. I couldn't have said that better myself. Well, thank you. Yes, and Dan is a very eloquent speaker. <laughs> Yeah, well. But yeah, we definitely uh, appreciate you coming on uh, the show, Matt. And, you know, we definitely will have uh, the folks who contacted tonight uh, follow those you know, e- emails and uh, your website uh, for the suggestions because yep. we definitely want to uh, work on and help, you know, where as we can. Uh, and I know the folks on the line, where as they can, to uh, 
help you with the success this uh, coming this coming November uh, to get Thank you, you in that governor's uh, office. You're welcome. I appreciate it. It's a collective effort. And again, you have listeners in Kentucky, but you have listeners all over. And as was noted earlier, if you care about America, if you care about men and women who will serve you and respect the Constitution as the law of the land and appreciate what a delicate but powerful document that is and will fight to defend it, just as the oath I took as a military officer, I swore to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. This is the same mindset that I bring to bear here. If you want men and women who will think this way, who will fight this way, support them. Humbly for your support, I do. Go to mattbevin.com if you can help me, but not just me. Find the people like me who think like I do, who will fight for the things I believe in, Find them among yourselves, in your own areas, in your own states, and get behind these people just as you're doing. I thank you for this. I thank you for giving me, you know, some time to speak with you tonight. I look forward to the next time we can do it again. That's yes, we definitely look forward to it, too, and I uh, want to wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Take care, guys. Good night. Good night. You, too. Good night. Good night. Take care. And uh, wow. thanks, everyone. I hope uh, we were able to get, uh, you know, as much as we could out of uh, our discussion tonight uh, with the time that we had. And I definitely appreciate all the time that uh, Bev has given us in the past show. And, of course, tonight and, of course, as running for governor, uh, we realized that, boy, his, his schedule's probably tripled <laughs> since uh, even running in the primary and probably even when he's running uh, in the, against uh, McConnell as well. So I definitely want to keep everyone on the line. As we know, we have our roundtable discussion here. If anyone else would like to uh, join our discussion tonight, uh, I don't know if we'll do the entirety of the three hours we normally do on the show for our special Friday night edition, which, frankly, I would like to do more of these, but we'll see as uh, time goes. I know we are booked until about uh, the middle of July with uh, guests. And so look forward to that. Now, I will be taking uh, a short hiatus for just one week, probably only the third time in the three years I've done the show, where there's not been a show on a Wednesday night. Uh, so, but then we'll be uh, getting roaring, and perhaps we'll get some more Friday night shows on. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, get our roundtable discussion about uh, tonight going. And here's how we'll stick, uh, go with it is, well, we'll start with you, Dan, and then we'll bring you in, Kelly, and then Joseph, uh, uh, from Kentucky, since we have uh, two Josephs here now, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, have you uh, talk more about what uh, you're doing there with the overpasses uh, for America uh, in Kentucky. And then, of course, uh, Joseph, our in friend in New York, uh, things that uh, you're working on and just uh, talking about our uh, discussion on our topic uh, tonight. So let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Dan. And, of course, I do see some folks in the chat. Uh, and so if you'd like to chime in, give us a call, 347 347- Nine four five seven four two eight, and if you're not in the chat and you're listening elsewhere on the airways, of course use the same number as well. Let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Dan. Well, I appreciate that, Robert, and especially because we've got major thunderstorms closing in in the area, and I'm not sure exactly how long my connection is going to last. You know, the thing about Matt Bevan that that we should take as a home truth is the citizen legislator, and that every vote counts. And that that every single state has a way to make its own way. Colorado is doing what they're doing when we're talking about marijuana. I just brought it up because I know Kentucky is like there's a lot of marijuana in Kentucky. Um, 
I'm not, I don't. It's not my biggest issue or anything. Uh, and Pennsylvania is considering something much along the lines of what Mr. Bevan has proposed. Uh, each state may want to do it differently. I don't have any problem with that. I don't have any problem with San Francisco turning into a socialist paradise if that's the way the voters there want it. That's their business. I don't have to live that way. I don't think my town's ever going to get that way. And believe me, they're not going to like it if they come here. Um, Well, they might like it, but they're not going to like the way we run things. They don't have to. That's fine. What I'd like to see is exactly what Mr. Bevan was talking about, which is more candidates stepping up, and we're seeing it. It's mostly on the local level. There are a precious few governor candidates at this point, or senator or congressman candidates. We'd like to see more of them. But on the local level and on the county uh, level, there are candidates coming out of the woodwork. And unfortunately, it is, it is out of the woodwork. Uh, we have to vet them very carefully. There are some good ones, but the statists have figured out that if they can get somebody to say the right things who has no background, that person can get elected because that's what the people really want is restoration of limited government. But at the same time, uh, once they get in, and we're finding that out in Washington right now with the uh, rhinos who we put in there, uh, and all but 24 of them in the House voted for Trans-Pacific Partnership. Thank God for the Democrats coming across. But politics does create strange bedfellows. I have not given up on the Republican Party. I have not given up on the Democratic Party. I have not given up on the Libertarian Party. Because basically, I don't give one. Um, well, it's not after dark yet, so uh, I don't give any. <laughs> I don't care about political parties. Uh, they don't matter to me. What matters is the tenets of constitutionalism. And those those basic things that Mr. Bevan was talking about, which are integrity. You know, we're going to have differences as individuals. We're going to have differences as communities and towns. And we're going to have differences as states. That's fine. That's well and good. But what we have to do, and what I believe we can do, is come together and agree on some basic principles. In my outreach efforts across the board, from the militias to the Green Party, from the, the establishment Republicans to the, uh, the, the Baptist Church to the biker to the – you name it. Uh, I have found that when I talk about just simply cutting government back to what it's supposed to do and nothing more and getting it out of our business, it resonates. There is a strong, strong feeling in this country that government shouldn't spy on us, that we have too many illegals, that there's too many people who are unemployed, that government can't solve the solutions – that we need to get government out of our business and make them be efficient at what they are supposed to do. Our military is being run in a very poor fashion and has been for quite some time. That's a a constitutional thing that they need to be doing. Our judiciary is corrupt. Our our legislature, oh my God. I'm when I hear that that four percent or whatever that current dismal number of people who approve of the legislature is, uh, I'm astounded, truly astounded that the number is so high. How can we trust these people? They won't tell us what they're even voting on after Obamacare. This is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So what I really want to see, I want to see us get more guests on this program that we can help promote and help expose to the the, the general public out there. 
who are just like Matt Bevin in that sense. They don't have to agree with him about marijuana. They don't have to agree with him about highway spending. They don't have to agree with him about uh, any number of issues. But I want candidates that agree with him that the individual in America is what matters and that individual rights need to be protected by government and not intruded upon by government and that taking that oath, that oath to the Constitution is to a higher power. And I'm not bringing God into this if you don't believe in God, but those natural rights existed before the Constitution. The Constitution was written for the United States, for Kentucky, for California, for Pennsylvania, for all the states. They were, these constitutions were written to recognize what already existed, not to, to come up with new theories. And if we can simply follow that, I believe we can come roaring back. You unleash the entrepreneur out there. You unleash the creative talents of people. You unleash the ability of people to share willingly and, and voluntarily with each other in any sort of regard. It's the arts. You name it. And you're going to see an, a, a growth in this country of everything good in an amazing time. And part of the reason is that creative impulse, that sharing impulse is so repressed right now. It's held back so much by this oppressive government that's getting worse every single day. Once we remove that, it'll be like the pressure re releasing on a steam valve, and there's just going to be a wonderful, wonderful uproaring of, uh, of just decency and common sense and caring. And yes, there's going to be plenty of, of jerks out there who take advantage of their individualism, and that's a place for government. If somebody uses their freedom to infringe on the freedom of somebody else, that's exactly what local, state, and federal government are supposed to do, which is have the administration with their police forces not surveil everybody, not pick and choose who they want to go after and who they want to give a pass, but look for actual harm and gather evidence and present it to the, the prosecutor and allow it to be held, heard in the courts and allow juries to decide. And juries, well, I think we better get Kelly in on that one. Yeah, it looks like we lost uh, Kelly's line. I'll uh, send him a message shortly uh, to see if uh, we're going to be able to bring him back. Uh, but I guess uh, someone we could put in Kelly's place, at least until he comes back, and then we'll go ahead and bring it back uh, over to the two Josephs. As we do have, I believe, Patricia on the line, and it's great to hear from you, Patricia. Thank you for coming to the show. How are you? Hello, Patricia. Well, this is Ed. Oh, Ed, 407, I apologize. That's the same uh, as Patricia. Go ahead, Ed. <laughs> we had Patricia the other night. Uh, I thought we were going to uh, speak with her. The, the number looks uh, very similar to hers. I apologize for that, Ed. Go ahead. Yeah, it's up to the uh, the people to get involved in their states and get the states' rights uh, movement going stronger and stronger because the federal government is out of control. It will never come back into control. It doesn't matter. The Republicans and Democrats are both bought and paid for. Uh, the states can reinvigorate what uh, the original founders wanted. They wanted to build rights to protect us from government, and they were called, given the nasty name of anti-federalists. But today I kind of consider that a great name, anti-federalists. The anti-federalists are the ones who want limited government and to build rights 
implemented. Uh, we are fighting a parasite called the Communist Manifesto or the Ten Blanks of the Communist Manifesto, and that you know you call progressivism, call whatever you want, but the, of the ten blanks, the ten planks, uh, three of them are very big, and that one's big, and that's the income tax, a graduate income tax, a, a large sales tax, and a centralized banking system. This is what the founding fathers, and especially the anti-federalists, opposed diametrically. So we got to get there and say, hey, if you're really a conservative, really want to get back to American roots, get rid of the IRS, get rid of the Federal Reserve, and get rid of the excessive property taxes. And, you know, these are very, very detrimental to liberty and free markets. And if we don't stand up and take our states back and say, we're not going to follow the federal government because we know most of those guys are, are just following the same game. They are Marxists. So we have the Marxist, Marxist federal uh, government today in D.C. And the only thing that can stop this Marxist federal government are the states' rights activists and the states taking back their power. And even, you know, there are states who are trying to bring in their own currencies now. So we have to move in the direction of states' rights, which is the original anti-federalist dream. So let's go ahead and bring that over to uh, Joseph, if you'd like to uh, make any comments on that. That's Joseph from Kentucky, and then we'll go ahead and get comments from uh, you, Joe, there in New York. And uh, then we'll bring it back and see if I can get a hold of Kelly to get uh, back on the line for us and then uh, make more comment on what you were talking about earlier, Dan. Uh, go ahead, Joseph. Yes. Well, in a lot of respect, the last caller seems to be right about quite a few things. I'll tell you something else we're going to have to do is we're going to have to support more local candidates. I live in the Louisville metro area, and I'm here to tell you, our local government is pretty tyrannical at that. Uh, we need to find some more people to run for metro council. And, I mean, our mayor, we have the joke that Mayor Abramson was a mayor for life, but this last mayor got reelected with almost no opposition. You know, nobody wanted to run that had any credibility so he squeaked in there without hardly, you know, a whisper. That's got to change. We've got to get people to run for these positions if we want to see things change. In Louisville, we're losing an awful lot of businesses to Jeffersonville. And I would venture to say the closer we get to having the other two bridges open, the more businesses we're going to lose to Jeffersonville, New Albany, Utica, those kind of things. We've already lost a lot of businesses to Bullock County and the surrounding counties. We are the biggest city in Kentucky, but we've got to start realizing that if we don't quit taxing people too much and we don't quit buttoning into people's business too much, we will run them out of our area and that tax base will go somewhere else. But uh, as far as Matt Bevan goes, I did meet him at a gun show and I talked to him and for those people that do carry a weapon, I have a concealed carry for Kentucky. And I can tell you, Matt Bevan toaster was not new. Anybody that's a gun person will know if their gun holster and their leather holster is brand new or whether it's a well-worn holster. When that man was wearing it at the gun show, his was worn. You know, politicians sometimes put on a show just for the audience they're at. But I don't think a well-worn leather holster was putting on a show. So, you know, that's my opinion. 
And anything I can do to support him, I most likely will. I'll tell you what. Uh, Let's go ahead. Seriously, Joseph, it, what, what you can do is what you are doing. Uh, when James Neighbors had that brilliant idea, that, that smack yourself in the head V8 moment idea of just getting people up on an overpass, I mean, what an outsized leverage you guys can have. We did, we have overpasses here in PA. Of course, they're all over the country. You don't need to have a million people. You don't need to have 100 people. It's great to have a million people or 100 people, but it's very hard for people to get places, to afford the gas, to take the time. But with overpasses, you can almost always get at least four or five or ten people, sometimes 20 or 30 people. If you've even got four or five people out there and you've got signs and flags that can be seen in red while people are driving on an interstate, look, you're driving along, it's very boring. There's only the other cars to pay attention to, and that's deliberate. They don't want you to be distracted while you're driving. And overpasses is not distraction like somebody talking on a cell phone. Thank God for that, or trying to eat a burger and, and have their fries while they're they're driving down the road. But just for a moment, you're driving down the road and you see some flags, and your eyes get caught. And while you're driving, you're noticing that there's people up there and they're holding signs. And as you get closer, the signs are big enough you can actually see and read what it says. I don't care if you're for us, you're against us, or you never gave a, a single thought to politics before. You see a sign up there that says, where's my Obamacare waiver? You see a sign up there that says, impeach Obama, or vote for Bevin, or the NSA is spying on you, or whatever the person decides to bring and put up there. It infects your mind. You have just been infected with a virus of liberty, and you can't get it out of your head. Now, the genius part is, if you're up on an overpass, you can cover, if you have just a few people, both sides of the overpass. So if you're up there for just a couple of hours on a busy place, you're going to have 10,000 people, maybe more, who are going to be infected with liberty. And when they go home, and some will actually stop and ask you what you're doing, et cetera, but when they go home, they're going to be thinking about this a little bit. And then they're going to watch the news, the mainstream media, and they're going to go, well, that's not true. And they think, I'm not alone, because they know they're not alone. They saw people up there. And then maybe maybe there's uh, one of the overpass signs had a dot-com address or something, and they decide, well, you know what, I've been looking at everybody's baby pictures and the, story, the pictures of their food on Facebook and you know them griping about their, their work day. Why don't I just put that in and see what it is? And then we've got them. There's very few people out there who disagree with us. They may think they disagree because they're told they should disagree. They're told this country is 50-50 split. It's not 50-50 split. When it comes to certain core issues, core issues of caring, I mean, if you talk about um, the rights of, uh, not animal rights like PETA, but the rights of animals not to be tortured, not to be, be maimed, to be treated with as, as we are supposed to be stewards of them, treated with decency and love and kindness. That's nearly 100% across all political boundaries. It's not so in other countries and other belief systems. If you talk about fiscal responsibility, very, very, very few people are rich and have inherited it and just blow their money. Most people either are poor or those few rich have worked really, really hard for it, and they are careful with their money. They don't see that with our government. 
anywhere, local, state, or federal. When you talk about surveillance, the right to have privacy, the right to not have somebody looking at everything you post on your Facebook, everything that you email to a friend, every single place that you are with your cell phone, logging everything just in case you might be a criminal. Nobody likes that. That's the left. That's the right. That's the center. That's everybody, folks. So if we get away from these labels and start looking at the core issues that we can agree on, like Mr. Bevan was talking about. What we're talking about is, is a revolution in this country where they can no longer split us into these groups that don't exist, these 50-50 groups, these groups of, of color, of, of religion, of, of gender. I mean, I don't care if you are black or white or gay or straight or Asian or Mexican. I don't care about any of that stuff if you're an American. And if you're an American and you believe in the Constitution, you should get your behind out there to join with an overpasses group in your area, to help out with a political candidate in your area, to do petitions, to do signings, to, to go door-to-door, to do something. And it doesn't have to be what I do, folks. This is what I do, and I'm doing what I can, and I could probably do more because it's not enough yet, so I guess I'll have to. And so do you. I'll tell you one thing. If you don't get off your behinds, and I'm using the kind word, and start helping, you are complicit in what happens next. Because every single government that has gone the way our government has gone goes a really bad place, and people die. And I'm trying to avoid that. We don't need violence. What we need is what we can do, which is restoring America and restoring our liberties and restoring our prosperity, and we can do it peacefully. But if you don't get off your butts and get out there and take part in this and do whatever small but important job it is that you can do, then when it goes wrong, I'm blaming you just as much as I'm blaming the people who are pushing us in that direction because that silence signifies assent. By sitting on the sidelines and not getting involved, you're making even more certain that it's going to happen. And I know not everybody's going to get involved. and Some people have issues with their health or their finances or whatever, and they can't do much. But whatever you can do, you better damn well do it. And I do say that uh, we had John on the line and also Ed, uh, one uh, piece of programming note. Uh, if uh, you call into the show and you don't, Ed, I didn't know if you knew this, but I guess I should have. I uh, told you this earlier. I, it's the second time that's left uh, me to say that. I guess I, I'm so used to I don't think people know it already about the show, but for the people who are new, but just what you call in, you make your comments. Of course, you're more than welcome to uh, stay on to the show and, and join our roundtable discussion, and we will bring uh, the conversation back to you at some point uh, throughout the show. And, uh, John, if you would uh, like to call in, we're going to be able to get you in uh, when we can. Uh, but if you'd like, just give us a call at 347 Nine four five seven four two eight. Uh, still waiting on a response from Kelly uh, to see where it's, uh, he's at with us. But let's go ahead and uh, bring it back to our Joseph from New York. <laughs> go ahead, Joe. Uh, yes. Uh, you know what? You know what I truly admire about Matt Bevan the most is his resilience and fortitude. Because I have to say, it's not easy uh, running as a first time. Uh, candidate, you know, being new to the political stage. And I remember when I called into the show the first time Matt Bevan was on, he was facing a tough uh, incumbent challenger in a primary. Uh, but, you know, you got to give credit to Matt Bevan. He's the type that 
really shows leadership quality because leaders, true leaders, when they get knocked down, they just keep on getting back up. And I've seen a lot of first-time candidates run the first time, they lose, then they get discouraged, they want to run again. And that, that, that is not Matt Bevin. Matt Bevin is, is, is the polar opposite. He is the type where you can try to knock him down as many times as you can, but he will, he's so resilient that he'll keep on getting back up. And that is what America lacks, true leadership. That is the You know, one of the things uh, that, that Matt said that, you know, you touched on too, Dan, is where he said, you know, sometimes it's us. You know, when you, when you, you know, wake up and you realize, you know, after, you know, hearing uh, how things are going and maybe you've complained to it with your friends and family, things of that nature, then you wake up and say, hey, wait a minute, someone's got to do something. Well, what's that person got, you know, maybe that person has to be me. Maybe that person has to be, I need the one to get out there and put my, as Matt uh, said, uh, put my hat in the ring and, and, and just do it. You know, some people have the ability in the background to to be able to do it. Um, but, what, you know, just even if you can't run for any kind of office, I mean, there's definitely something uh, for someone to do, anybody, whether it's just make phone calls, you know, walk out and put out flyers. I mean, that doesn't take, you know, you know, a lot just by just take it, take your friends, make a day of it. You're like, oh, I'll spend time with my, my family, spend time with my kids. Well, there's a way to get your kids involved. Go ahead and have them walk around with you. I remember doing this uh, with my daughter when I was uh, putting out flyers uh, for New Gingrich. Yeah. You know, which I'm looking at something that I uh, heard about uh, him supporting the other day, and uh, I'm going to look more into that because I hope I was wrong what I've seen because it's kind of disturbing. But anyway, I'll get back with that. Um, that. So that's how you can get involved, get your family involved. Yeah, there, there you go. You could spend time with them, you know, and being active and teaching your children you know, how to be, you know, an activist and doing something for the country instead of just sitting around and having the family time being around the TV or, or something of that nature. Not only that, but what are we doing this for? If young enough, like our guest uh, uh, on uh, Wednesday was, you're doing it for your future. I get that. That's fine. I mean, enlightened self-interest, right? There's nothing wrong with it because everybody is selfish, and that's part of our nature. We're also selfless. But when it comes down to it, we're doing this because we want the future to be better. We want there to be a future. We want our children. We want our children to have freedom. So. You know, look, uh, my my has grown, and I'm not preaching to anybody and telling them that they're bad if they don't do exactly what I'm telling them. I'm not ordering anyone to do anything. But when it comes down to it, you, we all care about babies. And we look at a baby and realize there's an, an unformed life, a life that is going to have a certain direction because of the genetics and because of the the upbringing and because of just the personality of this this new person. It has a lot to do with what's available to that person. You know, a few hundred years ago, if before America existed, that little person really didn't have much of a choice. That's your grand, great-great-grandparents, folks. Yeah, that, that's your folks. Unless you come from royalty, that's everybody, no matter where you were in the world. You were a peasant, a peon, a serf, a servant, a slave. You were a person who was tied to the land, tied to a, a master, tied to a profession, tied to 
codes of behavior that were so repressive that if you stepped out in the slightest, you could be killed without any fair trial. And if you were killed, nothing would ever happen about it. The person who did it to you, as long as they were somebody who was in the elite, could pretty much do it, throw a coin at your family, and they were they were cool. But weren't they, they nice to, to give the coin? This is what we fight against. This is what our founders fought against. This is what William Penn came to America for, for the freedom to, to grow, to build, to, to own, to worship. That freedom doesn't mean freedom to do it your way or my way. It means freedom to do it any way you want to as long as you're not hurting somebody else. In Pennsylvania, we have just about every different kind of belief system that exists in the world. And with rare exceptions, we get along with each other just fine. My wife gets her plants from the Mennonites over the mountain. They're awesome people. I don't want to live as a Mennonite. They don't want to live the way I do. But we have no problem with each other. They don't harm me in a, in a single way. I don't harm them in a single way. We're friendly. And I know for a fact, because it's happened, that when bad things happen for them, and when I say over the mountain, that's all in this area of Pennsylvania, that's all we have is mountains. Everybody's over the mountain or in the same valley with you. And it's not far. We're talking a mile. When something goes wrong, when a tornado knocks a barn down or a fire takes out a trailer or there's a flood that's flooding basements, we help each other because we want to, because it's in our own interest to help each other and because it feels good. And we don't need the government to step in and tell us how to do everything and tell us we can't do things. My God, they're trying to regulate the very water that, that we live on. They're trying to regulate the air that we breathe. They're trying to regulate every single thing that you say. And if you're an American, I hope that you have not given up on that one innate right that, that the Constitution guaranteed first before anything else, and that comes before anything else, which is the free speech aspect. Tell me out there, is there anybody who is that intimidated that you won't speak your mind? Maybe you won't tell off the boss or your wife, right to her face, right then and there. But don't you, don't you believe in the right to say what you mean? Don't you think that our children should have the right to say no just because they want to and, and not be punished for it by government? Look, I work for government. I work in the unemployment office. I, I work for small businesses and large, multinational corporations and my own business and mom-and-pop places. And I'll tell you what, I have never, ever seen anything as inept, corrupt, wasteful, and absolutely foolish as anything government does. And that includes the things they're supposed to do. Okay, I was just reading uh, a note here by from Harriet, but go ahead. Um, is this uh, Joe from Kentucky? Because I know you speak to a number of folks uh, with what you're doing with overpasses for America. But tell us some of the things that you're hearing, uh, you know, from them and what they're saying uh, about what's going on and, and what they're doing. Well, most of it is people worried about their children's future. To be honest with you, that's the biggest deal. They see the way this country's going. And they're not liking the loss of freedoms. And some of my overpass people are veterans of, of various wars in the past, 
and they're and some of my people are retired people, and my people come from all over the place. But the deal is, they're people that have earned the right to go sit on the couch and not worry about anything. And guess what? They're worried enough about the country that they will get on on an overpass with a flag or with a sign and spend two or three hours in the heat, the cold, the rain, whatever happens that day, because they think it's important to their children and their grandchildren. So, I mean, the people that do this really believe in it. We don't believe we're going to change the world overnight, but we do believe we can change maybe a few people's opinions. And in a city as big as Louisville, I think we make a difference. And speaking of making a difference, let's go ahead and take a few moments here uh, to hear from the Patriot Journalist Network. And so I've got a quick audio that we will uh, play here so that we can hear from them. So just give us a few moments uh, for them. Okay, folks, and once I can bring this up, this thing's not – I don't know if it's the storms are doing something, but (laughs) let's go ahead and hear from the Patriot Journalist Network. You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team of grassroots conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at patriotjournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. And definitely, folks, check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Joseph, and then let's go ahead and bring Joe back in. As I said earlier tonight, I don't know if we will do the entirety of the show since this is a uh, just a special edition, so we could have gotten uh, Matt Bevan on to the show uh, so we could spin it and his scheduling. Uh, so this would have been uh, the best night to be able to get him on uh, the earliest. And as he said before leaving, uh, he'd be happy to come back on the show. Uh, so we'll be looking forward to have him uh, back on as well. Uh, so let's go ahead back to you, uh, Joseph, and then we'll bring uh, back to Joe. We'll go from there. All righty. Well, thank you for letting me on the show, and I appreciate you giving me some time to say my thoughts. And uh, for the people listening in the public, I wish you would go check out overpasses.com, Overpasses for America, and you can check it out on just the website or you can check it out on Facebook, and they will send you to your appropriate state's overpasses. And that way you can actually get involved with the people that are standing on overpasses and doing something to change the country. Everybody cries and whines about what shape the country's in and the and the way they don't think it's going in the right direction. Well, guess what? Here's your chance to do something about it. Go hit up overpasses. Make plans to go attend one. We've got one this Sunday in Louisville, Kentucky, Breckenridge Lane and I-64. We will be on the overpass from 1 to 4. And, yeah, if you ever get a chance to talk to James Neighbors, I, I'm sure you've talked with him before I do, uh, just tell him uh, that I said hi. It's been a while since uh, I've been, you know, talked to him. What's he been up to? <laughs> I haven't heard from James in quite a while. Well, he's actually been in the process of moving to a less free state than the one he lived in. So he's going to have his work cut out for him, keeping things in control with overpasses, going to a different state. 
Uh, mm-hmm. If I understand correctly, he moved to California. Oh well, so, that's uh, uh, that's a big move and a big difference in change of government. So. <laughs> Certainly, yeah. Just uh, just uh, asking more about that, and I uh, know Kelly. If, if he was in, he would add a, a joke. I'm gonna still try to to reach him and uh, see what's going on there. I know there's some storms going on around here. I know there's there's here, and I think Dan, you mentioned there's storms there, and I think there may be some storms going on in Kentucky. Um, is there anything going on down there, uh, Joseph, in Kentucky for any storms or anything? Uh, as of right now, I think I seen a little bit of lightning a little while ago, but we haven't got any rain or anything serious for the moment. I'm actually outside in the front yard talking to you, so. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Well, let's go ahead and bring well, uh, nice, back to so. Joseph, New York, and then uh, and then we'll we'll move forward from there. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I definitely agree with Joe from Kentucky. I agree with uh, Dan 100% that it is uh, very, very important that more Americans involved. And there's all sorts of ways uh, people can get involved. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't always necessarily mean carrying out one function. You know, it's whether you, you donate or that, whether you choose to be a volunteer or, you know, to do some phone banking. But the worst thing you can do is just sit on the sidelines and, and do nothing about it. And, and then when not enough people, you know, taking uh, take, uh, take enough action... Uh, then they complain about their elected officials, but they've done absolutely nothing to, um, you know, participate in the electoral process. And, um, you know, there's just so many ways one can contribute. And um, so I I agree with Dan and and Joe. Uh, I happen to be currently working with um, the Tea Party Patriots, which is also uh, another big grassroots organization, uh, and um, they are uh, the largest Tea Party grassroots organization. And um, I know from Kentucky as uh, helping out uh, working for overpasses, but I would also like to encourage uh, many uh, of our listeners, if you also want to make a difference at the state level and at the national level, you can go to teapartypatriots.org and um, you can uh, definitely uh, make a difference, and and that's the beauty of it. Uh, You know, there are so many movements and different organizations, and there's so many uh, wide array of options for people to really participate and get their hands, uh, you know, a little bit dirty and, uh, you know, try to make a difference, and uh, especially for the crucial 2016 elections, which I call the sweepstakes. So, um, you know... uh, I try to emphasize to people, if you can't volunteer, you know, people work. If, if, if you can't put up signs, you know, at least donate, you know, because that, that, that makes a difference. But the worst thing you can do is just sit on the sidelines and decide that, you know, you have no role and, uh, you know, your only function should be to vote. And I think with the uh, current state of where our country is at right now, I think we're going to need a lot more than just people just going to the ballot box to vote. I think, like Dan touched on it very well in Joe from Kentucky, we're going to need more Americans to really get involved if we really want to push our country in the right direction. And that is, I think, that's the best way to go about it. This is what I've been saying for years to many people. Get involved in any way, shape, or form. Everyone's help is greatly appreciated. Any contribution is better than none. 
And then you know, we had um, a show, I, oh, gosh, some, some, time to get, some time ago uh, about herding cats. <laughs> Not literally herding cats. Uh, but, of course, that was kind of used as a descriptor of, you know, getting, you know, folks together to, you know, do something, you know, grassroots and things of that nature. And we, we talk all the time about getting involved here on the show. Uh, why do you think it's so, you know, hard to get people, especially in how things are today? I mean, of course, we all know they could be much worse and they could be heading in that direction, definitely. But why do you think it's just so tough, you know, for us to get, you know, people woken up? It just seems that way sometimes, doesn't it? Uh, I, I, well, I think it, it does right until the moment where it doesn't. Go ahead. Sorry, Joe. Go ahead, Dan. And then Joe, go ahead. Well, so, yeah, get, ask for Dan and then oh. Joe, and then uh, we'll see if maybe we get uh, the experiences from uh, Joe's Kentucky. But go ahead, Dan. Okay. Uh, whatever order you want. Um, listen, um, it does seem like that. It does seem disheartening until it doesn't seem that. And we don't require everybody to be fully aware, awake, involved. I, I'm, I'd like to see that. That's an ideal. I always shoot for the moon. What is it uh, the uh, Fabianist said? Uh, a man's reach should exceed his grasp or what's a heaven for? George Bernard Shaw, who said a wonderful thing, even though he's a totally evil man. Um, one of the founders of progressivism in, in England under the Fabian movement. Um, but I'll tell you what, folks, here's the bottom line. If you're not willing to get involved, if you think that baseball games, and I have nothing against baseball, uh, I like baseball, but if you think they're more important than your children's future, if you think that uh, Sing with the Stars or Chopped Cooking Show or whatever is more important than Liberty, if, if you think that the fact that you worked really hard this week and you're just tired and, and you got to mow the lawn is more important, then guess what? I'm okay with that. Stay the, stay the hell home. Don't support the status. If nothing else, can you just not vote? I'm asking people not to vote if they aren't willing to educate themselves. I'm asking people. I'm giving you an out. I'm giving you a pass, folks. I'm not trying to suppress the vote. I'm not, we're not getting into that whole argument where you know, asking for an ID means you're trying to keep people from voting. Not at all. I'm not saying it's black people, white people, green people, purple people. I don't care. But if you're a stupid person, if you're a lazy person, if you're in, in, in just insistent on remaining a stupid and lazy person, if you, if you just don't care enough, then... And, and, and this, by the way, is not to those people who are truly hurting, who just don't have the resources to do a damn thing right now except heal themselves from cancer or, or deal with being homeless or something. I, I get that, okay? You, you, that, that kind of takes precedence, you know, survival. But if you've got any resources and you're not willing to share them, then come Election Day, just sit home on your couch eating your Cheetos, have a nice beer or whatever you like to do as far as beverage, and watch some nice TV. Do not turn on the news media. Do not look at the vote totals. Whatever happens, just be happy with it and take your lumps. And the only thing I will tell you is that if you do that and you complain and I ask you if you voted or if you got involved and what you know about any kind of issue, 
and you don't know anything and you didn't get involved, I will tell you to your face, I don't want to hear a word from you. You had your chance. Shut up. And I'm sorry to be harsh, folks, because I'm not usually uh, impolite to people. I try really hard not to be. I try to be, and it's my nature to be, uh, encouraging and, and, and helpful. I, I, not that I'm a great guy. It's just that's the way I am. A lot of us are like that. We like other people. We, we like to help. It makes us feel good. So it's selfish. But I, I've really lost patience with those people who just know that there's a problem and won't do a damn thing. You know, we one of the things I got um, last, was it last week? God, it was only a week. Um, I was at a, a, a big rally for the Constitution. His bikers and the militia. Uh, we had some uh, Article 5 Constitution people there. I don't agree with Article 5 Constitution uh, Convention. On the other hand, uh, I do believe that they, they want the same things. They want freedom and liberty and, and individual rights, so that's fine. We had a lot of different groups there. And I was really touched because a number of the biker groups uh, gave me patches to put on a, a vest. They actually gave me a brand-new leather vest because uh, mine is getting kind of ratty. And... Uh, I haven't sewed them on yet, but uh, I'll wear them with pride. And one of them has, uh, it's a 3% patch, and it says, everybody wants to be a patriot until it comes to be time to do patriot shit. Sorry for the French there, but uh, it's the truth. I hear an awful lot of people when I talk to them who are in total agreement with me. They may not have a lot of knowledge. They may not have really studied it in depth. That's okay. They don't have to. They go, yeah, I don't like the NSA spying on us. Yeah, those cops have no right to tase us and, and pepper spray us just because we might have gone through a red light without coming to a complete stop or something like that. Uh, you know, uh, they'll tell us that you know, they don't trust the government when it comes to vaccines. And I think that ISIS was created by the, the CIA, which really it's starting to look like it might have been. Um, they'll tell us mm-hmm. tell all these things. And then... I ask him to do one simple thing, just it may be a, a local thing, a simple thing. Sign a petition. Hey, we're having a meeting. Come to a rally. Here's a website. Go and look at it. Read something. I'm not even asking him to sign up. Go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can see in their eyes the enthusiasm is going. And believe me, folks, I check up on you. Of all my friends, I try to keep there's hundreds on one social media, thousands on another social media. I try really hard to keep track of you and to encourage you and to give you a kick in the pants when you need it. And when I see you're doing nothing, and I know, because I know a lot of you personally, that there's no real reason why you have to do nothing, it's disgusting. It's saddening. My heart breaks every week from this. If it wasn't for the fact that I don't have a choice but to keep on and like we all have to and try and make a change, I would have given up long ago. I would have said, and people do this all the time. I, I see these posts on the various different things that I'm on where people go, I've given up. I can't stand it. I can't take any more. Nobody wants to do what they they say they're going to do. Well, suck it up, folks. You're going to get a lot of that. You're even going to get betrayals out there. There's going to be people like those those ones we elected and sent to, to Washington with all this great hope and clamor that we, we just overturned all kinds of, of incumbents. and We threw these new people into the fray, and it didn't take long for a lot of them, 
if they weren't already corrupted, to get corrupted, and they're voting for TPP and a bunch of other junk. Well, get used to it, folks. This is politics, and you know what politics is? It's people. So if you tell me you're disgusted with politics, then you're disgusted with people. And I get that, but unless you're willing to go live as a hermit somewhere, and really I don't think there's anywhere you can get, even if you're off-grid where you're really not in the reach of the government. There's no place to go. You can go to Greenland. You won't be out of reach. You can go to Alaska. You won't be out of reach. There's no place. So you really don't have a choice in the matter. And as disgusted as I am with you, the minute you agree to do something, the minute you step back into the fray, the minute you tell me or just tell somebody or just show me that you're one of us, that you care, that you're willing to to sacrifice a little part of your life to make things better, not just for yourself, but for future generations, you have my 100% support. I don't care what you've done in the past. You could have messed up. Guess what? We all mess up. I've messed up. That's okay. It doesn't give you a pass for what you did, but you can start to make up for it by doing something now. Very well said. Uh, very well said. And I do uh, say that we're probably going to go ahead and uh, close things out uh, soon on the show for our special edition. I do appreciate you guys taking uh, the time out for your Friday night uh, for you to come onto the show. And as I said earlier, uh, we may have uh, other Friday night shows, uh, special uh, editions, just to have uh, more conversation on different topics or have other guests uh, come on. And uh, we'll see what that brings. I know I have been wanting to do that. Uh, for a while, but uh, we'll see how things pan out. And definitely want to hear more about what uh, you, Dan, and Kelly. I was hoping uh, Kelly was uh, going to be able to get back on. I haven't been able to uh, recontact him, so everyone, uh, I hope he's okay. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see on that and hear more about what uh, you guys have in mind to help out the Bevan campaign. I'm sure you guys will be contacting them soon as well. So let's go ahead and take uh, some closing comments here from uh, you, Joe, from uh, Kentucky, and then, of course, uh, Joseph from uh, New York, and then I will proceed to close things up for the evening. And once again, uh, gentlemen, uh, thanks again. Go ahead, uh, Joseph. All righty. Uh, my name's Joseph William Springer. I have the third behind me on uh, on Facebook. Anybody that wants to contact me can PM me, get a hold of me that way. Uh, they can also go to overpasses. America.com. They can go to Overpasses for America on Facebook. They'll be directed to the state they need to go to to make a difference in their local area. I do believe we actually make a difference. I've been doing this over three years now. If I didn't believe in it, I wouldn't do it. And just to let your listeners know, I'm a regular person. I drive a dump truck. I'm not anybody special. I'm not anybody in the political realm. I just believe that regular people can make a difference and regular people need to make a difference because the politicians have got disconnected from us normal, average Joe kind of guys. Thank you very much. I'll just definitely uh, share the link for all those folks who are out there listening to the show on the special Friday night uh, edition. Uh, Just know that normally our show is on 10 p.m. Eastern time every Wednesday night. Uh, so if you'd like to listen to us, uh, go ahead and join us next Wednesday. Also, if you see the little follow button here on Blog Talk Radio, uh, where you could get uh, emails from the show, 
uh, letting you know what the topic for the evening is going to be, or was, if you end up getting uh, it for the archive. Uh, push that little follow button, and you'll be following the show. And, of course, uh, share the link uh, for other folks can listen to our podcast. And, uh, yes, if you could do that for us, uh, Joseph, I'd really appreciate it if you just, uh, you know, just put this first out the link for tonight, so especially those in Kentucky, so they can hear uh, Matt Bevan, of course, uh, since we're going to, you know, support him and get his uh, message out. And so I appreciate that you come to the show. So let's go ahead and uh, bring it to our good friend from New York, uh, Joseph. Uh, let's go ahead and your closing comments, and then we'll proceed to play the closing song, as I usually do every night. Uh, we have the st- show from Aubrey Ashburn. Uh, go ahead, Joe. Yes, um, I actually want to close by uh, answering your, your last question because I think it, it touches on the whole theme of the show. And you asked the question, why don't more people get involved? And the reason as to why is because it's very hard when you're campaigning. And the hardest thing to do is to recruit volunteers, to actually get people engaged. And I've seen in my experience uh, a a high-caliber candidate like Matt Bevan, those are the types that can actually inspire a lot of people to want to get engaged, to want to volunteer, and, and, and to produce a very high voter turnout. And so at the end of the day, it all lies on, on the quality of the well, candidate. Dear. And as sad as it may seem, that is the that's, is the hardest challenge in trying to get people engaged and involved. If they're not inspired by the candidate, they don't feel the need of, of, uh, to help out in any way, or they, don't, they just don't feel the passion. And it's sad that it's that way, but that's that that is reality. And uh, I feel the same frustration with my colleague Dan. And um, I just hope that we can get more inspirational candidates like Matt Bevan that will inspire more Americans to to get involved in in different ways and get our country back on the right track. And uh, I'd like to thank you, Robert, for having me on your show. It's always an honor, a privilege, and a pleasure. And uh, once again, thank you. And thank you, Joe. I'm glad we were able to uh, get you know, get you on the show and see as uh, the campaigns. And I know you have a lot of campaign experience, so we definitely want to talk more uh, with you on your experience. And you can uh, share your website with us the next time you're on, because uh, I know you have that. Uh, so, of course, yeah, and all those sure. things are what we need uh, in getting a conservative grassroots candidates in office. And so we do want to, of course, thank everyone for coming to the show tonight and uh, look forward to having everybody back on next Wednesday. And so, as I said, I will close out this show as I do out every show on our Wednesday night show. It is by the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So, good night, folks. Take care, and we will see you later. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. 